Welcome to On Air, the CFM podcast. For over 50 years, CFM Distributors has been your leading HVACR wholesale distributor in the Midwest. In this HVACR podcast, you'll hear from employee owners of CFM Distributors who will provide you with stories, experiences, resources, and ideas to better your business. You can find more information and episodes on our website at cfmdistributors.com or email us at info at cfmkc.com. Hey, this is uh, Ty Ely with CFM Distributors. And this is Brad Telker with CFM Distributors. We're excited to bring you some amazing content today. If you want to uh, come find us or, or communicate with us or see what we got going on, you can head over to cfmkc.com. Uh, you can also shoot us an email. My email is b.telker at cfmkc.com. And mine is t.ely, E-L-L-E-Y, at cfmkc.com. You can call us, 816-842-5400. What else, what else should we give them? Uh, Twitter handles, uh, Instagram <laughs> handles. Uh, we're on Instagram at Applied CFM and also at CFMKC. we got a couple of different handles that, that, uh, on Instagram we share content on. Enjoy the podcast yeah, today. Here we go. All right, so we're rolling. First CFM Distributors Podcast. Um, man, we've been talking about this for, I don't know, months and months, and I know I'm super excited about it, and I'm here with Ty Ely, one of our sales engineers, and Ty, what do you think, man? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, this is my first time with these headphones on, so super excited. Uh, really want to get the podcast rolling and see if this can turn into something great for us and our customers. So I'm trying to figure out the echo on here, and hopefully... I can live with it as long as you can, even though yours is fake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mine's a prop. Um, so One I've thing got, at a time. I've got my list of stuff here because I know this, since it's the first time I've done this, I'm probably going to forget everything that I, that I want to talk about. But um, since this is the first podcast, one of the things that we talked about doing is just kind of announcing uh, what we're going to be, what the, what the goal of the podcast is. And uh, we want to keep these relatively short. Obviously, we don't want to be on here for two hours, mainly because we have other work to do. Um, we could probably sit here and talk forever, but um, we like to keep them short, 10 to 20 minutes. And I think one of the things that we talked about that would be fun is to obviously have an HVAC component. That's the whole goal of this is to educate our customers and to teach the things that we're learning and, and maybe some mistakes we've, we ran into, but also to have some fun with it too. And, and you know, one of the topics we want to talk today about is um, some stuff on the Chiefs, which we'll get to um, in a second. So. Um, really before we we get rolling one of the things that um, I know we've talked about recently that we're most excited about right now is our design build module so if you are listening to this podcast um, and you're in uh, right now Kansas City or Omaha and we're we're rolling this out to our other markets but essentially we're taking design build topics uh, uh, bringing value to the customers maybe talking about the biggest mistakes that we've seen and the topics we've done so far are on air handlers, water side economizers, and next month is VRF. So anyway, another goal to it too, just to be to point out new ways and innovative ways for them to sell more. Yeah, as well. For sure, that's a good point. So the, the water side economizer one is a lot of fun. We um, one of the there's a cool product out where you can add um, a, 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 a set of coils onto the chiller, which is great for the contractor because. Uh, they get to add a pretty large item to their ticket. But the cool thing is it's great for the business owner too. Um, it saves- Win-win-win. Uh, it's a win-win-win. I mean, 
the payback on all those have, have been very fast and for an owner um, it's a great investment and they get to save all that money going forward so anyway the point of bringing that up is we would love uh, if you're doing design build work um, to, to reach out to us we'd love to come by they take about 20 minutes we know everyone's super busy so anyway that's the intro so if you're listening to this for the first time we, we're going to skip that intro next time probably makes sense and Ty, what did you want to talk about today on about the Chiefs? Uh, so this got brought up a little bit earlier. Um, basically, as the Chiefs dynasty has begun, we have to think about, you know, how are we going to keep all these pieces together? And um, with Patrick Mahomes being a young guy, hasn't had his big, beefy contract yet. Yep. And they're saying his worth in the market is going to be $45, 50000000 million this year. And do you think it makes sense for him to take a lesser amount, you know, turn down money from the team yep. and, you know, maybe some kind of creative plan to get different benefits um, to keep good people around him? Yeah. So I, I uh, went online here this morning and jotted down some notes. Just if any of you are following and haven't, um, don't know the size of his current contract or when it's up, which I kind of, I, I wasn't following it super closely, so it was kind of interesting to look up. So Mahomes is in, uh, just finished his third year of his four-year contract, which was for 16, a little over 16 million. And ESPN did talk about- So he's making 4 million a so year. So he's making 4 million a year. And ESPN did mention that they expect the Chiefs to attempt to renew his contract or extend his contract uh, this year and in, in the off season, and they expect it to, like you said, be you know the 40, 40 plus million dollar a year range, which is you know Aaron Rodgers is making thirty three, thirty four million a year. And I so. think the salary cap is somewhere like right around two hundred million right yep. now. So that would be twenty five or twenty percent. Am I doing that math right? Yeah, twenty yep. percent of the team's yeah. salary cap. And I think I heard on the radio the other day. No quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl at over, like, could be misquoting this, but it's like 17.5% of the team's total salary. Yeah. And you have quarterbacks like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady that have taken pay cuts and, you know, allowed their teams to surround themselves with better components. Yep. Um, But they also had already played for... 10 years by the time they were doing those things. Sure. And that, you know, if I'm, if I'm a homes and I'm making millions of dollars a year, you know, it's, it's different than if you're making, you know, league minimum at this point. But one of the things that I always think about is almost all NFL players go broke after they retire because, you know, they do make a ton of money, but they also average, I think the average NFL uh, 10 years, like three or four years. So part of it is, you know, if you're Mahomes and you're going to have kids and you've got a family, you want to also be looking out for them too. Mm-hmm. And yes, winning winning multiple Super Bowls would be absolutely amazing if you're Patty Mahomes, but you're also like, you know, I would be thinking about my family. So, you know, having made 16 million, I think I could probably make it work and and I I'm not in his shoes, but I would I would think at this point if you can if Which he doesn't do, have kids yet. Right, he doesn't have kids yet. And technically he's not married yet. And that's, okay, that's right. Is still dating his high school girlfriend. Yeah, but, so, I don't know. I mean, to me it makes sense. But future family. To me it makes sense, uh, since, you know, we, we catch up quite a bit, um, that I would go for maybe 15 or 20 million a year. But again, I, it doesn't <laughs> seem like that ever, it ever happens. It's, he's, yeah. he's, 
not that he would be which selfish. in our shoes at CFM is nothing too yeah know? I mean 15 20 million yeah it's chump change yeah so anyway so cool well I mean we'll see what happens um, and you know obviously it'd be great to keep as many weapons for the 2020 and 21 season and um, you know start winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl yeah be exciting stuff personally I just think too it's hard to it's hard to differentiate between 20 and like 30 million say you're gonna get paid 30 million and we could have a couple really big ads for 20 million. I, I've said this to people like, what's the difference between 20 and 30 million? And people are like, well, 10 million. It's like, yeah, I get the math, but you're loaded either way. Yeah. You know, for sure. I mean, <laughs> there's nothing that you want to do that you can't do. So sure. Anyway, makes sense. All right. So I think that's probably enough on that. So to the HVAC stuff now, which is the real exciting stuff. Um, so Ty and I are both engineers, so usually this, this stuff's probably going to get pretty nerdy, um, and a lot of our other guests are going to be highly technical, so I think this is a, uh, I think it'll be fun to go through, uh, depending on the week, what topic we talk about, um, whether it's design related or mistake related or whatever it is, so um, I just wanted to open up to you, Ty, and this week's, we kind of left open, <clears throat> since it's the first um, podcast, and want to hear, you know, you discuss maybe uh, one of your favorite recent design build jobs or a mistake that you ran into or anything that you think would, would add some value here uh, this morning. Yeah. So I guess I could just talk about a really fun one that I've had recently. And uh, we were trying to get away from refrigeration in a distribution warehouse that they wanted to keep at 60 degrees at certain points of the year. And so, I mean, obviously you're getting in that medium temp refrigeration zone where standard HVAC is starting to cut out and not work and, you know, have problems. So they wanted to get away from refrigeration and we looked at some rooftop options, standard HVAC, and we're just really kind of nervous about it. So ended up going with the chiller solution and air handlers. And there's definitely been some workarounds with how it's controlled and and all of that but it's it's turned out to be a really good solution cool so just kind of i guess the point is is you can get some really cold box temperatures with chilled water as long as the controls are set up right and you have the correct components in place yeah. so cool yeah, that's a fun project i remember working on that and uh we went down there a few times and um those are the fun ones for me too is working on kind of concept to you know start up and cradle to grave cradle to grave yeah exactly cool well i had a couple things that i thought would be fun to talk about today um a quick design build story um and then a mistake that i see that happens um can happen somewhat often and you may not kind of see it coming and then also kind of an energy code update on a couple things um the energy code update is probably the quickest one i can start there so one of the things that um that I think can be confusing, especially in a major city like this, is there's different, um, in, a, in every different city, there's a different code that they follow. So in Kansas City, if you're in Overland Park or Lenexa or Olitha, Shawnee, Shawnee Mission, wherever you're at, it's a different code. Which we have a co pretty cool breakdown of all that too. We do, yeah. So we built a spreadsheet, that an internal tool that we use. Um, every time we show somebody, they always point out some city that we don't have on it, but. It's hard to keep <laughs> updated, um, but. Regardless, one of the things that, that has come up recently, especially with, with VFDs and modulating fans and such, 
is um, a newish code that came out in 2015. It's also in the 2018 energy code that um, a, a piece of equipment that's got a modulating fan requires three stages of cooling if it's between six and a half and essentially just under 20 and then 20 and above requires four stage. And the reason I bring that up is uh, I, I don't know how often, at least in your how market, many stages of fan do they require? Then? That's on a modulating fan. That's on a question. modulating fan. So okay. at least the interpretation that um, I have, and from what I've um, talked to other design professionals, because the code was confusing to me. The code is confusing, but whether it they're talking about specifically stages or or the fan, because um, they, uh, I guess, what was that twenty or. Uh, was a DOE that required two-stage cooling above six and a half tons, or did they require two-stage fan? Well, it was, I know it's ASHRAE 90.1 2010 that required, required two-stage two fan. Of, of, well, it was two stages of fan, I believe, and cooling. Yeah, it was two-stage fan, that's right. It was two-stage fan if you had two-stage cooling. That's right. So basically, so, you can match the airflow. So yeah, there's. And Sorry, there's, making it way no, more complicated. No, you're good. So you got, you know, obviously all the different ASHRAEs, energy codes, but the point is, if your city follows the 15 or 18, in the code it does say modulating fan. So the interpretation that we've had is not if it's staged fan. So most brands have like a either what's called IntelliSpeed or two-stage fan, where the fan will stage as compressors come on. This is what they call a modulating fan. So our interpretation at this point is if it's controlled as single-zone VAV, or if it's true VAB, then it needs the three or four stages depending on what size. Which IntelliSpeed is really designed for a single zone as well. It is designed for a single zone, that's correct. It could be change over bypass, that's right. but it's not designed to go to boxes or anything that's like correct. that. Yep, absolutely. So anyway, thought that was uh, something worth bringing up today. Um, and then the mistake that I want to talk about um, comes up somewhat often. Uh, and. Uh, essentially what, what happened on this project is it was for a school, and this was a couple years back, um, the designer on the, on the project uh, wanted two-stage gas heat on these small rooftops, three, four, and five-ton rooftops, which sounds good. You know, I mean, I'm all for having more comfort, and it, it's probably a slight efficiency gain when you're running on first stage because you got a bigger heat exchanger. But the problem comes in on the service and replacement side. So when it's you know, minus five or even 10 degrees outside and, you know, for a school they got kids in there and, and all of a sudden the heat is not working for whatever reason. And on this particular job, um, it needed a new inducer motor and no one stocks a two-stage inducer motor on that size of a rooftop. So the school is very upset and they were upset at us because we provided the equipment and, and we still, I still take some fault in not thinking about this ahead of time is hey you know on a unit that size maybe we don't go with a two-stage valve unless we plan on stocking the replacement component um, and that's you know it's not just the heat but when you when you try to take a product and, and almost over design it you, you almost have to think about what replacement components do the local distributors normally stock what are the long-term effects of this right. and I, I would like to add to that too because Thinking about that warehouse project that I was just talking about, that was one of the reasons they wanted to get rid of refrigeration or move away from it is because they were so remote that they didn't have anybody locally that could work on something like that. And so you talk about a school that's in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, the middle of nowhere, Kansas, and you know, you may not have as many specialty people around mm -hmm. and 
you start throwing modulating this and modulating that and all of these different things that they've never seen before. Yep. And then people get really upset when not to mention you have to wait to order the part in and then you can't find anybody to do it or you're paying for somebody from Kansas City to drive out two hours on the weekend and it starts to get really expensive really yeah. fast. No, it's a great lesson to think as a design professional and it doesn't matter if you're a consulting engineer or you're a PE at, at wherever or you're a contractor or whatever level you're designing the equipment is it, it can be fun especially as an engineer to get really excited about all the different things you can add, but it is so important to be thinking about what are the goals of the owner and what's gonna happen when, if a piece of equipment goes down. I mean, we see equipment hung in the most, in the craziest, highest positions, tucked behind ceiling tiles, and sometimes it has to be that way, but it's always important to think, well, if and when we need to replace this fan motor, what's that gonna look like? How are we gonna get to it? How fast can we get to it? What, it's another what great all do we point. have to tear down and move out? Um, is explaining those trade-offs to the owner. Yeah. And I feel like that is something that is missed a lot is no one has that conversation with the owner of, hey, you know, two-stage gas heat, here are the benefits. Maybe like 5% of the year, this makes it slightly more comfortable where you're not going to have as big of a swing in the room. And then they're like, you might find out that they don't care about that at all. Yeah. This is for a high school gym. For sure. You know, who yep. cares? Exactly. They just want heat when yeah. it's cold out. Yeah. As long as it's 65 in there and between 65 and 75, yep. we're good. For sure. So. Good point. So the last one that I want to talk about, which, um, as you know, we, we do a lot of projects with contractors where we go to a site visit and we help the contractor figure out the load and help them design the equipment layout however they want and they you know with the owner and figure out how that works and I actually posted about this on LinkedIn um, probably last week how important it is even on replacing equipment it's you know it's so easy to to look at a project and say hey we're replacing this you know, 80 ton split system or this 120 ton rooftop or whatever it is and think okay let's just go back to like for like because you know, I mean, it makes sense. You don't really want to risk looking stupid or making a big mistake if you say, hey, I think we can get away with a smaller unit and then one of it doesn't work. So a lot of folks, it intimidates them, but one of the things that we do that I think is a lot of fun and this project kind of explains it. Um, so Travis, um, one of our other uh, uh, sales engineers, um, he was on the road and yeah, <laughs> Travis, um, there's a reason why he's not on this podcast. Yeah. Um, Actually, he's on a, on a vacation right now. But anyway, so he emailed me and said, hey, I'm on the road, can you help do this load calc? And with technology, what's cool is, you know, I can pull up on Google Maps and I you know, can measure the exact square footage of the roof at least, and at least take a guess and say, hey, based on this square footage of the roof, you can do street view to see, is it brick, is it block? You know, you have to ask the customer, what's it like on the inside? Is it sheetrock insulation, those, those sort of things. Um, you get an idea of the windows, are they tinted, and you know, they're a little bit harder to figure out on Google Maps, the size of them. But in this particular job, um, with all the information that we were working with with a contractor, uh, it was a 130 ton existing unit, I can't remember the brand, and just basically quick back of the napkin math, we realized that the load was only about 100 tons. So, and this is a VAV system too, which with load diversity and assuming the whole building is not ever going to be cooling at the same time, we could probably even get away with less. But even if we were conservative 
and went with a 100-ton unit versus a 130-ton unit, that's more than tens of thousands of dollars saved to the owner. And for, you know, for a contractor or a distributor, whoever is, you know, listening to this podcast and can add this value, you know, it's, it's one thing to go head to head against someone with the same solution and try to, you know, go to the thinnest margins as possible. But if you can actually provide this value and say, look, you don't need this much equipment, then you can make a, a fair price, a fair margin, and then help the owner save all that money up front. Yeah. Not to mention to add to that and compile is that the tendency for people, you go, you see a 130 ton rooftop, then they go to their favorite supplier. They say, hey, we need a 130 ton rooftop. The supplier says, well, we only have 140. And then they're like, well, I guess we, it's better to go bigger than to go smaller. Yeah, that's for sure. So and then, then they end up with a 140 ton rooftop. Yeah, and then everyone's bidding around a 140 ton rooftop on the job because that's what someone And bid. 20 years later, the load will be 70 tons in there. Yeah, and they're <laughs> going to go back with the 150 and all of a sudden now <laughs> yeah. they wonder why they have humidity issues. Yeah, they're never so, cooling. Anyway, that's, that's kind of all I had on my list. Was there anything else? Uh, I would like to add another thing that I'm super excited about for our design build and job site visits. We have these new toys that we got and uh, we, I just got batteries in them yesterday so we're looking forward to getting out on site and actually using them. But I guess the, the reason that we got them is we go out on these job sites all the time and there's so many unknowns and you know we're like, all right, we're sizing up this equipment and we don't know what the airflow is. It's still running, but we have no idea what the airflow is. We're just guessing. We're like, okay, the ductwork is this big. Um, you know, it serves this many spaces, and here's what we think it is based on the size of the coil. And we've learned guessing is wrong. Guessing is usually wrong. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah, you could be off by 20, 30% pretty easily. A frozen coil will tell you that after. <laughs> yeah. We threw a couple of those. Uh, but yeah, so we got a, a induct anemometer. Uh, a psychrometer and a dual port manometer. So we can measure differential static pressures, air flows, you know, dry bulb, wet bulb entering and leaving and really get a good idea of what's going on yeah. so that we can recommend a even better solution moving forward. That's so awesome. pretty pumped. I'm excited that. to use them. I mean, it's one of those things that we, you know, we ask our customers for that information on jobs they're working on. And for whatever reason, um, I think a lot of times, you know, our customers just don't have the tools with them um, or for whatever reason don't get that. So it's going to be fun to go out and actually take those measurements. And I think, um, I don't know, I think our customers are going to like that. I think we'll learn a lot in the process too. Yeah. So we'll see and be able to recognize stuff with comparing, you know, I don't yeah, know. Cool. Anyway. Well, I think that's probably a wrap for the first, for the first one, you think? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up then. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, we'll keep you posted on when the next episode is. And, um, you know, thanks for tuning in. Hopefully it provided value. Let us know. Um, give us a review and let us know maybe what you liked or what you didn't like. Um, anything less than five stars. Um, I don't know. <laughs> just how don't do it. I don't know how we're going to handle that if we're going to call them out. No, I'm just kidding. But well, we're paying a company, I thought, to take yeah, care of people. Yeah, there's a, there's like a service that. that will help take care of all that, which we're looking into. But... Uh, but anyway, no, seriously, if you can give us a review, let us know seriously what you liked, what you didn't like. What are some topics you want to talk about? I know we talked about the Chiefs and Mahomes for a while, which is probably going to be a common topic specifically during the season. Um, but if there's anything else, too, I mean, you know, whether it's, you know, a new beer that came out or Bitcoin or, you know, refinancing your house or whatever it is, we're here just to have some fun and then talk about some HVAC stuff. So 
anyway, that's a wrap. And Ty, thanks for joining me. And we'll do it again. Sounds good. Thank you for listening today. You can tune in each Friday right here for new episodes. If you'd like more information, visit CFM's website at cfmdistributors.com or email us at info at cfmkc.com.